1: Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us
2: today. Our text today teaches us about worship. Worship is extremely important in life. All of us worship something, worship is that which you hold most dear in your hearts. Whatever you worship, you become. What you worship and how you worship affects every other area of your life. And as we go through our outline today, I want you to ask yourself this question as we look at what happened in Nehemiah chapter 12 and how they worshiped. I want you to ask yourself this question, is this how we worship? Because this is how we should worship. So I have five Actions of worship. And the first, write this down if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, is that the first element of worship is to give thanks. That should be obvious to you. Anytime we gather together for worship, our minds should race to remember all the things that the Lord has done for us. And so they come to chapter 12, they have this uh, service, like a worship service. I want you to look at Nehemiah 12, verse 27. It says, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with the songs of thanksgiving. The people of Israel chose in chapter 12 to remember all that God had done for them in their lives, and they couldn't help but sing songs of thanksgiving. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 that you and I, as believers are to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. Somehow a believer can look at any circumstance, whether it's bad or good, and we, have, we can find something to be thankful for. That's really what worship is, if you want to know the truth. When you come to church every week to worship, you're basically just walking in here just to say thank you to God for everything he's done for you this past week. Amen. The second definite act of worship is to dedicate oneself. And the word dedicate means to set apart. If you dedicate something, you are setting it apart to the glory of God. In Nehemiah chapter 12, the people were conducting a dedication service for the walls of Jerusalem. Which means what they were doing, they were dedicating Everything that took place inside those walls to God. That that entire city was dedicated to God. That the families that lived inside those walls were dedicated to God. The businesses that existed inside those walls were dedicated to God. The children that lived inside those walls were dedicated to God. Verse 27 says, At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully. The dedication. They were were dedicating these walls, yes, but they weren't just dedicating brick and mortar. They were dedicating everything, again, that took place inside those walls. Now, we have what we usually have is what we call a worship service that lasts about an hour. You come here for an hour. And the mistake we make is when we think... That we're dedicating ourselves to the lord for this one hour and that's not how it works when you dedicate yourself or this church or the walls of jerusalem you're not dedicating them just for that one hour what you're saying is that from that moment forward that everything that happens there will be done to the glory of god Listen, we dedicated this building to the glory of God, and worship is a weekly reminder. It's a weekly statement that my life, my family, my marriage, my business, my heart belongs to a holy God. Amen. Number three, worship is to celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. Celebrate. I mean, that's basically what a worship service is. You're saying thank you. You're dedicating your life, but you're also celebrating. And uh, I want to read some verses here in in verse uh, chapter 12. And look at verse 27 again. This is the third time we've read through this verse. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with music of cymbals and harps and lyres. So it was loud they were celebrating joyfully look at verse 28 the singers they had singers there they were brought together from the region all around jerusalem they they brought people in there to sing and so what happens in verse 31 he had the leaders of judah go up on the top of the wall he had two large choirs that were assigned to give thanks one was to proceed on top of the wall to the right toward the dung gate skip down to verse 38 it says that the second choir proceeded in the opposite direction, which I'll explain that later on. I followed them on top of the wall together with half the people past the tower of the others to the broad wall. And then look at verse 40. The two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God. Now, why do we sing? Why are, you know, People ask this sometimes. You know, some, some people have never, never go to church. They walk in here the first time. They can't figure out why do we sing. And the reason we sing is that we're celebrating. Well, what are we celebrating? We're celebrating because God is good, even though oftentimes we're not very good. God never fails when we fail all the time. God is love, and oftentimes we're not very loving. We We were lost, but now we've been found. We were once blind, but now we see. That's why we celebrate. When you walk into church, you ought to be so happy, so giddy, so excited. Like, we're going to have a party. We're going to celebrate that Jesus is no longer in the grave. And the Bible says, even the rocks cry out the praise to a living God. Too many churches have become mausoleums for the dead rather than colosseums of praise for a living God. Number four, quickly, quickly, quickly. Worship is to purify. The fourth deliberate act of worship is to purify. We don't like talking about this. But verse 30 says that when the priest and the Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, then they then purified all the people. And then they went over there and they purified the gates. And then they went over there and they purified the wall. They purified everything. Why? Because they knew what we often forget, that the God we serve is a holy God. We are called to be holy people. We are to be set apart from this world Sometimes you might have seen the initials in a decal, N-O-T-W, and you ask yourself, what is N-O-T-W? It stands for not of this world. We wear the name of Christ. We represent Christ in in this lost and crazy world. Now, I know that I cannot make myself clean, that no matter how hard I try, I fail, and I fail often, but Jesus makes us clean. We are purified by his shed blood. But there's an element, there's an element of worship that when you come before God with open hands and an open heart, that your, your heart and your life should be pure. Amen. James 4, 8 tells us, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your, your hearts double-minded. What does that mean? Well, what that means is, as you come to church and you worship God and you do like this, You can't then leave church and the rest of the week these same hands are involved in unclean things that's being double-minded the bible tells us in second corinthians chapter seven verse one look at these words it says let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit look at this next phrase perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. What does that mean? That, that means that you have such a reverence for God as you look at God, as you worship God, that if you see anything in your heart, your body, your mind, anything in here that, that might seem out of place, that you say, oh God, I I, I don't want to be involved in those things, I only want to worship you. I, I want to perfect the holiness in me just out of reverence for you. That's what worship is, coming to church, coming to church, saying thank you, God, dedicating yourselves, celebrating, but also purifying our hearts and our hands. Here's what David prayed, and this is a big prayer, Psalm 139. He said this to God, have you ever prayed this prayer to God, he said, Search me, O God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any, if there, if there is anything offensive, if there's there's anything out of place in me, Lord, show that, reveal that to me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. See, worship truly is walking in here and being honest before God. And as you come to worship God, then you see if there's any imperfection, it's, it's, it's not like you're already saved, but you're just saying, God, out of my love and respect and reverence for you, I, I just, if there's anything offensive in me, reveal that to me and, and I'll stop doing those things just, just out of love and respect and reverence for you. As we close, number five, quickly, worship is to sacrifice. And verse 43 says, and on that day, everybody say that day, they offered great sacrifices rejoicing because God had given them great what? Joy. It's interesting that when people come to truly worship and they're truly thankful and they have dedicated themselves and they've realigned themselves with the word of god and they celebrate the risen savior with clean hands and clean hearts that all of a sudden that they sacrifice joyfully it's not even difficult at all i believe that god gave them that joy because they were grateful because they had pure hearts and they understood that everything they had came from a living god and so they gave sacrificially it was a part of their worship They honored God with their giving. I want to tell you a couple things. First thing, I just want you to think about something. I really want you to understand that for eight months, for eight months, we have not taken up an offering at this church. Not taking up an offering. One of the criticisms of the church, I hear it all the time, I see it all the time. Oh, all you care about is money, the church. So, okay, well, we were shut for five months. We've been open for three months. We've not passed an offering plate in three, we've not passed an offering plate in eight months. Think about just think about that. Eight months. No, no offering plate came by by you in eight months. It's almost a year. Somehow the lights are still on. Do do any of you get electric bills at your house? You ought to see the electric bill that our church has. That's why we just put solar panels up on top of this bad boy. Okay. Somehow when you flush the toilet, the the toilet flushes here at this church. The water in the baptistry is still warm. The pillars of fire are still pillars of fire out there. Yeah, we, haven't, we haven't taken up an offering in eight months. We have a lot of expenses here. We have a staff. Uh, we support missions, missionaries all over this globe. I want you to hear me. The last eight months... If you go back before COVID, week after week after week, shut five, been here in three, no, I'll, the last eight months, our offerings have basically remained the exact same levels. The exact same levels. What? How is that possible? It's possible because what happened is that people continue to give even through the pandemic. When we were shut, we had less expenses here at the church. So what we did is we actually increased a lot of the missionary giving because missionaries are suffering. You know, the, the pandemic is a global pandemic. And so there's missionaries all over the globe and I know that there's all been all kinds of churches that have cut back on their missionary giving and we were able to go to a lot of our missionaries and increase our missionary giving by quite a bit because of you. And I say all that I say all that to say to you as I look at that it, it, the reason we've continued like that is because we are a church I believe full of mature people. We are a giving people, and we understand that that's a part of honoring God, and you have indeed honored God these last eight months. And I thank you for that. I just want to thank you for that. Now, the last thing, I want to go back and show you one more thing. You remember those two choirs back in verse 31? Remember those two choirs? And I told you I was going to tell you about them? <laughs> Here it is. This is going to be a blessing. So if you remember, the walls go all the way around the city. Okay? And he gets not one choir. He gets two choirs. He gets large choirs, two of them. And if you remember what you read, he put them up, the first choir, he got them up on the wall, and they turned right. And it said there, I think it was in verse 38, that the second choir... They got up on that wall and went in the opposite direction. You remember that? So what they did, that second choir, they went in the opposite direction. They went all the way south, behind, and around, up on the wall. So now we've got one choir is on the eastern wall, and one choir is now on the western wall. And they both go towards the north, up to the top of those walls, because up north was where the temple was. And the entire time they're on those walls, they're singing. They're shouting. They're celebrating. They're giving thanks. You remember? And they're rejoicing. You remember that? I want to look at this last. Here's the last verse. Verse 43. It says... And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced. And then it says that the sound, the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far, far away. It wasn't necessarily a song or a note it wasn't the clapping of their hands or the stomping of their feet on that wall. What what could be heard? Rejoicing. What is rejoicing? That is something that was inside of these choirs. It wasn't the note. It wasn't the word that they were singing. There was a There was this internal joy and rejoicing that resonated all over Jerusalem as far, far away. That's what we ought to be like when we come to church. It's not that you sing in perfect pitch. But there ought to be some energy coming out of you that's just just like this joy that just flows out of you, that just resonates with everybody sitting around you, and it resonates from outside of this church. To express our gratitude for all that he's ever done for us. To dedicate ourselves to him. To celebrate. To purify our hearts and our hands. And to live from this point forward, fully dedicating our lives, knowing everything we have belongs to him. And together, the rejoicing that takes place in here ought to be the difference in this crazy city in which we live. There should be something different in us that's in everybody else. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, thank you for church today. Thank you for this series. Thank you for chapter 12. It it took us a while to get to chapter 12, but I'm so thankful that we have this chapter where the walls are completed and they have this dedication service. And I just wish we could somehow go back and be a part of that day and yet god i know that you wrote all that so that we could apply it to this day thank you that we've dedicated this building and this facility to your honor to your glory that everything that happens here is to be done in your name and i just pray that our church week after week when we walk into here that we're really walking in here prepared to worship you God, I pray that you would search our hearts, and if there, if there is anything in our heart that doesn't belong there, we ask, God, that you would reveal that to us and lead us down the path of everlasting. God, I ask your blessing on every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. I pray that all of us today will dedicate ourselves to you and see that That's that's part of why we're here today. I do ask God that you would bring us back safely next week as we wrap up this this great book called Nehemiah. And uh, God, just thank you for this church. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for the way, even through the pandemic, they've continued to serve and to honor you in both word and deed. Blessings upon each person, we ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said.
1: We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Our website, again, is liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.